Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com pro screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 125 of Screwball, and this week we have um, what is one of the bigger pieces of news that we will have probably all year, and have had, and that is going to shape the future of baseball for next year and for who knows how long now. So we will get into that, that is going to be our topic of conversation, I'm sure most of you know what I'm talking about already. Um, so let's save that for the topic, but so let's start out with the news anyway, as we usually do. So this week, for the first piece of news, we have Albert Pujols yet again in the news. He homered on Saturday to pull into a tie with Alex Rodriguez for fourth place on the all-time home run list with 696. And on Sunday, the next day, in the series finale against the Pirates, Pujols hit career home run number 697 to pass A-Rod and solely occupy fourth place all by himself, and is now three home runs away from 700. And if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me if I'm wrong, both home runs were go-ahead home runs to give the Cardinals the lead in that game, late in the game, I believe. He's tied um, <clears throat> since the expansion era. He tied, I think it was Mike Schmidt and somebody else, with uh, 33 home runs in the eighth inning or later to take the lead or tie a game. He tied that record since expansion era runs. Yeah, I, I remember... <clears throat> I just happened to be uh, checking. I just happened to be checking the games at that time, and I saw the Cardinals game flash by my screen. I saw at bat Pulhos, and I just clicked on. Oh, I gotta see what he does. Yeah. I just see in play runs. I'm like, no way. He hit yeah, another home does, run. Yeah. So uh, hopefully he gets there. We talked earlier in the in the month that he was getting close, and that he had to put up a good month really to do it. And now he's he's knocking at the door. Yeah. So he's three away and. Uh, the way he's hitting, it certainly seems more than possible at 700. I think it's right within in his hands. Yeah, and with that, his 697 ball, a couple caught it, and he told them that they can keep it or they can give it to him. He says, I don't I don't even want it. If you want to give it to me, I'll take it. If not, you guys keep it. It means more to you than it does me. Wow. He said, you're the fans. That's why we played a game. You paid the admission. You got lucky. I hit the ball there. You know, you got the ball. So he said, you keep it. If you want to give it to me, more than happy to take it. But it says it does, belongs more in your trophy case than it does. You know, I don't need it in my trophy case. And it did provide them with two signed baseballs anyway, the couple. Wow, oh, that's cool. But he just did not take the ball. Now, if they end up giving it to him or not, I'm not sure. But he did, did tell them he doesn't need the ball. Yeah, he's a cool dude. That's a cool, uh, you know, saying it's more important to you than it is to me, really. Yeah, cause... and saying how much the fans, how important the fans are. That's what, you know, his big thing was. Right. You know, It's you, really cool. You, or why he's there, so... I thought that was pretty cool to add on to that as, you know, one of his last home runs here he's going to hit. And uh, obviously, you know, he's third on the all-time or fourth on the all-time list now. Yeah. Who knows? That could, you know, barring anything unexpected happening, it could be his last home run ever. You never know. <clears throat> you know, I doubt it personally, but it could yeah. be. You never know. Three three weeks left, he should be able to hit another home run or two. Yeah. still think he needs a multi-home run game. If he can get one more multi-home run game, he's got the record. He's going to get 700. Yeah. Absolutely. He just keeps hitting the way he's hitting. I mean, he could just... <laughs> One a week. <clears throat> yeah, he's he's doing great. So, we'll probably come back next week with, oh, he's got 698 or, oh, I you know. I hope so. 
So come back next week with he's got seven or three or something. <laughs> all of a sudden he goes berserk again. Yeah, he had two three home run games, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the pool house update, and from one player who is retiring to another player that is retiring now, uh, right-hander Edwin Jackson announced on Friday that he is retiring, uh, which also happened to be on his 39th birthday and the 19th anniversary of his MLB debut. Uh, Edwin Jackson pitched for a record 14 different MLB teams in his career that spanned parts of 17 seasons. He also threw a no-hitter with, I think it was 150 pitches and eight walks, but he threw it. Arizona, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I think. he was part of the 2011 Cardinals World Series run, so he has a ring. No-hitter, World Series, and he holds the record for most teams to pitch like for. Edwin so Jackson, Octavia <laughs> Dotel, those fellows out there. Yeah. Ruckus. So, you know, a little bit different end of the spectrum is Poulos. Poulos is obviously going to go down as one of the all-time greats. Edward Jackson had a good career to be in the big leagues for 17 years is no easy feat. In the history books. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for a few things. So, um, while maybe not towards the end of his career, the, the, you know, the best pitcher out there, but part of the game's history. So, um, good luck to Edwin Jackson at his retirement and, uh, for, I'd say a pretty good career, you know, all, all things considered. But yeah, those were, I, I did have, you know, obviously a third piece of news here we're going to get into, but those were the big piece of news that I have. Uh, I don't know. I know there was more happening that you got, so. Yeah. Um, again, we kind of stick with the Cardinals because they're kind of record-breaking in a lot of places, but Wainwright and Molina tie the record for most uh, starts as a battery um, with their next star here probably coming within the next couple of days. They should break that record. Tony La Russa, obviously with health issues, stepped away from the White Sox. He was not managing over the last week or so. Um, he was cleared to go to David Stewart's retirement number or number of retirement for the A's, um, but not cleared to be a coach again. He doesn't know when he's going to return, if he ever returns, and I think he's not going to return at this point. He's going to ride this season out, and then he'll retire with some sort of medical issue instead of getting fired, and he won't coach again. Yep, I agree. Um, but other than that, I have uh, Zach Allen has this, went for the seventh longest scoreless streak in LB history after giving up a run the other day. Uh, which is uh, pretty incredible on a, on a team that's really has been struggling in a good division. You know, good for him and a good young pitcher who, believe it or not, he really is sneaking his way into the NL Cy Young vote at this point, 12-2, and or I think the third lowest ERA in the NL. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens there. And then uh, Flor, uh, Wilmer, Wilmer Flores gets a two-year extension with the Giants. Just a small piece of news there. Yeah. Um, but um, other than that, the big topic, the last piece of news here is the defense of the the new rules going into the 2023 and beyond seasons for MLB, including the pitch timer, banning of shift, and the bigger bases. That's where we're at there. You know, we have the article that you see on MLB.com, I believe, has the breakdown of every little bit of it. You know, we've put our opinions on this before. This is going to be our topic for today. I'm not going to. We're not going to go nuts into it. We're going to. I know Mike has some of the stuff here. Um, we're not going to read the whole article. We'll be here for an hour and a half. But with the pitch timer, you know, it's going to be uh, what 20 seconds with a guy on base, 18 seconds with no one on base, 30 seconds. Here with, it is. Between 30, pitches, there will be a 15 second timer with the bases empty. 20 second timer with runners on base. And 30 seconds between innings. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah, later okay, in so here. Okay, so yep. details on that. Um, 30 seconds between innings um, could be at the umpire's discretion. He can give more time. Most likely he will, especially if the catcher's involved with on base. 
I know that was part of the rule. So most, I would say that most of that 30 seconds between innings is going to be the one that gets broken most of the time. Mm-hmm. I do not think this is going to get for- enforced. I really don't think it's going to be enforced to this point where it's like, up oh, zero hit, up oh, ball. Mm-hmm. Do I think it's going to get enforced? Yes. Do I think it's going to be enforced to the T? No. And nor do I think it should be. Nor do I think it should be in the game at all. But let alone do I think it's going to be enforced. Per their stats, it says uh, the average .45 or .47 of these infractions a game, which means just under half are an infraction, you know. So if that's the case, you're going to get one infraction every every two every two innings. Or every, every two games, you're going to get one infraction, just over two games. So like every two games and one inning, you're going to get an infraction. Right. I guess so. I really think they're just not going to push it as, as hard. I think they're going to eventually, but I just don't think it's not going to be to the point where you're really watching, you're almost watching the clock up, zero, up, ball, up, strike. You yeah, know. yeah, they're throwing a flag on the field. You know, if they want to do something where, you know, like this, where they, you know, push it, I guess, whatever. As, as they said, it cut off average 26 minutes a game per yeah. game mm-hmm. with this. I think you run the, the fact of the, the older veteran players, the veteran umpires, that's where you're going to run to. And, and let's just get right down to it. These TV deals, they're going to get in trouble with this. You buy mm. these TV deals, they're making money on the commercials. You cut off commercial time, I'm sure they're not too happy with that. Right. That's something I'm not sure they really look into. I'm not sure how that's going to go. But if I'm someone running a TV deal, I'm losing money because you just cut the commercials out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. Which is, I'm sure, was was or could be a very big negotiation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we had the pitch timer. I'm not sure what else was towards that pitch timer. You have some more facts there. Um, that was pretty much... Most of the big key uh, the pickoffs. It came with pickoffs as well. It's yes. Off the rubber. Yeah. So just like small things, uh, this is all what I'm reading here is what we just talked about. With the runners on base, the timer resets if the pitcher attempts a pickoff or steps off the rubber. So then this will get into the pickoffs that we're about to talk about. Mound visits, injury timeouts, and all, and offensive team timeouts do not count as disengagement. So the you know the um, clock would keep or that wouldn't affect the clock. The team will teams will receive an additional mound visit in the ninth inning if they already use their five allotted mound visits prior to the ninth. And umpires may provide extra time if warranted by special circumstances. So there is a little bit of discretion there by the umpire to allow extra time or, or something there. But now getting into the second, really the second half of this, in my opinion, is the pickoffs. So to put it in their words, these are the, the bullet points that they have here listed on LB.com. You can go read this for yourself. Um, pitchers are limited to do two disengagements, which are noted as pickoff attempts or step-offs, per plate appearance. However, this limit is reset if a runner or runners advance during the plate appearance. So then what happens after the two? So if there's a third pickoff attempt, the runner automatically advances one base if the pickoff attempt is not successful. So it's really all or nothing for the pitcher if he tries that third attempt. And that's, I think, like I said, the second part of this that's really big. Uh, the timer is the timer. We kind of knew it was coming for a long time. It's been in the minor leagues. We've seen it. If you go on a minor league game, you've already seen it. You've probably already seen umpires, you know, call stuff. I know when I was at a Blue Claws game, which is a, a high-A affiliate of the Phillies that we have around here, um, the umpire did give an automatic uh, an automatic ball because the pitcher went past the allotted time. So, it, you know, I don't know how strict they're going to enforce that, but the pickoff stuff I think could be an even bigger part of the game that we could see down the line because, you know, you see guys, you know, especially someone that's really speedy, they get three pickoff attempts, you know, on average because they're just the pitcher so worried about them. Now all of a sudden 
you're almost you could almost potentially be giving that guy just a free base for just dancing over at first base. They could not even they could create a strategy now where I'm not even stealing, but I'm gonna make it look like I'm stealing so that this guy's got to pay attention to me and use his pickoff moves. And then maybe I can get to second just on a technicality, really, which I think is strange. I don't I don't you know I'm not sure really how I know we're kind of feeling the same way on it. I just don't like it. I think that you could just totally disregard the pickoff rule. I think that's just totally. I think that it almost, not that it feels thrown in, but it almost feels like they wanted it, so they put it in with this rule. You know what I mean? To kind of like either push it along or, hey, well, it's part of, you know, if you limit pickoffs and you're limited time and it makes sense. But I just think at that point you're really changing the game a lot. You know? Yeah, I don't really agree. You know, the pickoffs are the pickoffs. You know, it is what it is. My, uh, <clears throat> my problem with these are you have these rules that are already in place that you don't enforce for time. You have these other rules in place that we don't enforce. It's, uh, you know, I'm not sure if everyone knows what a balk is because we know baseball doesn't know what it is. We don't enforce the balk. Lefty can pitch home and throw the ball at first. It's not a balk because he can't deceive the, the batter, right? Well, now if you put a pickoff rule in, now the runner could deceive the pitcher. So that's okay. First or third, you can't do that third to, third to first pickoff move anymore as a righty either. Why? And now, here's the question. If you don't use the electronic pitch call... Pitchcom, you lose out because the second that hit ball gets hit, the catcher can start typing that shit. Like next pitch, throw fastball low and away before the batter even starts walking up there. You're ahead of the game. If you're waiting for signs, you're gonna start running to that pitch clock thing, right? Right. Pitcher gets two times off the rubber per at bat. A lot of pitchers are gonna take every time they're gonna step off every two times. Is that really gonna speed the game up? If every if the pitcher takes two steps off the rubber twice, how many times does the batter get the call out? Because there's eight, all of a sudden it's, it's running down to the nine second, eight second. The batter can run into the box, get right in the box, and then just go call time. Mm-hmm. And that resets it. How many times does he get to do that? Because if he's doing that twice, and the batter's doing, and the pitcher's doing it twice, I'm not saying they're going to, but there's going to be people who do it. Oh, yeah. You're not going to gain much time, mm-hmm. especially these veteran players and these veteran pitchers. They're going to do it, and then they're going to try enforcing it. You know, like they did in the minors. All of a sudden, they're going to really enforce these rules. A couple months into the season, and then all of a sudden, you have a lot of infractions, and the game's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Which is not the point of the game. You don't need the speed of the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, think the game. I think the game length is somebody. just fine. I think you're better off finding them. Mm-hmm. Not just thousand dollars like they did with the step out of the box. Remember the one foot in the box? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thousand dollars? What the hell is that? Mm-hmm. Big Poppy used to do it every time. Are you gonna find? He ends up losing what? Five hundred grand for the year? What the hell is that for him? <laughs> right. Find him a million dollars every time he does it. It'll yeah. Be in the box. It'll be in the box. Right. And if they don't. All right, you find them. That money goes to charity. I think you're better off striking someone's pocket than change the game. Yeah, that's one way to get a player to change is, you know. Yeah, uh, the pickoff thing, stepping off the rubber, the mounds. Who's keeping track of all this? Is there going to be a thing on the, the board? Is there going to be, you know, umpires keeping track of it? Apparently there was a, a board of who voted on this. Multiple player, multiple people, executives in MLB. Uh, multiple people with different organizations. Couple, I think it was like three or four players and like, an umpire who voted on all this stuff, so they have different opinions, but I'm not sure. Not a fan of the pitch timer, really. You know, not a fan of too much of the stuff that's going on with this. You know, they want to speed the game up, it is, but you, you, you speed the game up and change the game. There's a fine line there, and you're on the you're on the other side of that. Right. Um, the shift is the next thing they want to talk about. Ban the shift. Um, great. You want to ban it. I get that pitchers are becoming harder and harder to hit the ball. Pitchers throwing faster, more movement, uh, more deceptiveness. 
um, things like that. Um, it has gotten it, but the swings have changed. Mm-hmm. Launch angle has changed. When, when's that penalty coming in? Oh, I'm, I'm going to get rewarded for not changing my swing and just swing uppercut. Well, mm-hmm. you shouldn't get rewarded for that, right? The shift also, you have to have two two infills on each side of the base, of second base. And you have to start the bat within the, what, one step within the grass of the infield. You could be mm-hmm. like a step. It could be like a little bit in the outfield, like a step or two. <clears throat> yeah, that's um, what I'm reading right now, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, once the, once the pitch is, you know, well, being del- delivered. But here's the question. What if I'm a step, one of the short stuff, I'm right next to second base. Once the pitch is thrown, I can run to the outfield. There's nothing there that says I can't run once the pitch is thrown. Sure. Oh, well, you could lose ground. But it's the idea that I can still essentially shift. I can still run to the outfield. Where's the rule? The rule literally says you have to be there when the pitch is delivered. Yeah, it's just, it, <clears throat> it doesn't really specify. The only <clears throat> you know rule that it states here is if the infielders are not aligned properly at the time of the pitch, which I think is an important uh, verbiage, is the, the offense can choose an automatic ball or, or the result of the play. Um, kind of like accepting or declining a penalty in, in football. Um, yeah, and then what if you're... But I think that verbiage is very important at the time of the pitch, yeah. not at the time of, you know, they could state it, ball, you know, reaching plate, at the time of the batter's swing execution. or uh, They could change that verbiage. So I think that's... There's ways that teams are going to... Oh, yeah. You know, use that and run with it. Yeah, and here's the question. Who's watching it? Who's watching the shortstop? Making sure he's on that side of the base. Right. I'm the second base umpire. There's a guy on first base. They're in front of second base. Was he going to turn around and look? And then wait for the ball to get thrown? He's going to try to turn their back around? Hmm. And then what, what if a team goes, oh, no, 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 he was on the wrong side of the base. Was there going to be able to challenge that? Yeah, I don't. So you're going to run into these problems for, for banning the shift. But you, this also got me. You could put an extra infielder. In the infield with the sh- banning of the shift. See, it's right there. I read it. But you can't have a fourth outfielder, but you can have an extra infielder. Yeah, that's strange. You'll see it, you'll see it in there. We keep reading through that. It says you can... Doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't count against the extra infielder, but you can't have a fourth outfielder. So there's extra innings. Sometimes they put a bunch of infielders in, so, you know, the ground balls and stuff. You can do that still. Yeah, it's in the, <clears throat> it's in the first um, sentence here. It actually says... The defensive team must have a minimum of four players on the infield. So right there, you're stating as long as you have four, you could have five. But you can't have um, you can't have more than four in the outfield or more than three in the outfield. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know. I know. I, I guess it helps the hitters. It rewards terrible hitters. Joey Gallo, guys like that. I get it with the pitchers getting harder to hit, but again, just doesn't seem like the greatest solution to things. Um, you want to raise the ball, the batting, bat a ball in play. They said that the averages are down like 12, 12 points since uh, 05 or something like that. I get it, but the swings have changed. When is, What was the launch angle and things like that? When did that change? When the pitchers started getting better? Are we going to see a difference change? Or now we're just, still going to see the launch angle, but now you have no shift. That's the question. If, you're really gonna see, if the hitters are really going to start folding back and going back towards better hitters because of the shift... Then you're gonna be you're gonna get a lot more people be okay with it. If you're still gonna have people swinging for the fence and still striking out, but now you just can't shift against being a terrible hitter, mm-hmm. what did you do? All right. You didn't do anything. The whole problem is you got to fix the inability to hit the ball. Yep. It's not a strikeout penalty. You're still gonna have guys uppercutting trying to hit home runs. So what is a shift gonna do? There's certain guys in this league. You only need a pitcher and a catcher. Yeah. Like, like Joey Gallo. You're good. Literally, you got a pitcher and catcher. He wouldn't bat 200 this year. 
Yeah. Just a pitcher and a catcher on the field. He still wouldn't bat 200. <laughs> I agree. So the shift's not going to do shit. <laughs> That's, yeah, right. So, you know, it's just, they, got, they got things to figure out. The wording of it's going to be bad. You're going to have people running all around, like the Rays, you know, teams like that are going to find that, that way to oh, do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not going to be done right. You're changing you're changing the entire entirety of the game, which is just not what your, your goal is. You're trying to speed the game up for some reason. Being 20 minutes faster, I'm not sure if that's going to get more fans in. Right. You know, there's so many other ways to do it, and I, we talked about it before, blackouts, things like that. That's the way to fix it. Not to not to, not to change this. And then the last one they have here is the bigger base. <laughs> Incredible. I, I just put the whole, just put, just put a slip and slide out there and let them do what they want there, right? They want to have a bigger base, which is going to be, I believe, what, three square inches? It's it three um, square inches around, yep. bigger base. 15 inches square will be in 18 inches square. Home plate is unchanged. And it, re- it reads right in there that it's going to change. It's going to shorten the base path from first to second, second to third by four and a half inches. I uh, yes, the change will create a four and a half inch reduction in the distance between first and second base and between second base and third, which encourages more stolen base attempts and obviously you know, running down the line. So we said this weeks and months ago. Mm-hmm. You literally changed the foundational rule of baseball by shortening the base paths. Mm-hmm. Without shortening the base paths. Yep. So now you're going to be four and a half cl- inches closer. No matter how you slice it, the home plate. Yep. You have to be. Uh, right? I mean, mm-hmm. unless you, I guess, I guess technically you don't have to be, but it's going to be kind of hard not to do it. Right. Three inches, you're gonna, you know, unless you're going to increase it an inch on each side except the one to home plate. You can do it that way. Just not sure if that's the way they're going to do it. But then then again, you'd have, a, you'd have to add an inch to the foul territory mm-hmm. at the base. So yep. you have to do it all the way around. Yeah. Except, except foul territory. Otherwise, you're, you're making the field yeah, you're a changing quarter of an inch wider. No matter what you do, you're changing the dimensions you're of something. You're changing the, yeah. foundational, the foundational institution of the game yep. without doing it. That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible to mm. do that. To change that because you want a couple more stone bases. And I believe... It raised the stolen base percentage by two percent in the minors. Yeah, it doesn't have the stats on this article, but I, I, I think wouldn't it was be like surprised 2. if it was like 2.4 stolen base attempt at 2.7, and it increased the accuracy or successful rate of like 66 percent to 77 percent since 2019. Hmm. <laughs> I think we've seen stolen bases up this year. There's been a lot more. I think small ball has actually, without even without these rule changes, has been more prevalent in this year than it was last year. But you're changing the base size for safety, they say. That's what they said. the The primary goal of this is to change. Of this change is to give players more room to operate and avoid collisions. That's what they said. The primary goal is. But all I talk about is the stolen base percentage. Yes. So what is the goal? You don't make home plate bigger. But that's where you're not allowed to collide with somebody. But second base should be bigger. So you don't collide with people. But you're allowed to collide with somebody at second base. You see the you see the issues. The back and forth. It doesn't make sense. Right. If you're not allowed to hit anybody, you're not allowed to hit the catcher who has the gear on. You should not be allowed to hit any other base fielders. And I don't agree with any of that rule. That's the way you're going to do it, and that's the way yeah, you should do it. If you're going to be consistent, be consistent. Just put the breakaway base at first base, the orange little base that we play with as little kids for some god awful reason, and just make a joke of the game. There's no reason for any of this. You literally had the, the, the Padres announced today they had the most sellouts they've ever had in a single season. Jesus. I, I can get... Well, let me take one guess on why that happened. They have a competitive team. 
That's that's how you get fans. Find a way to get competitive teams, and the markets aren't competitive. Find a way to get the Rays to spend money, the money that they have. Find a way to the Oakland A's to spend the money that they have. Every team has money. Every team has money to operate. Do the Yankees, do the Dodgers, do those teams have more money? Sure, that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. But don't tell me you don't have money to operate. If you don't have money to operate, that's where these problems come in. That's how you get viewers. To make sure those teams are more fun to watch. Look at the Royals. They literally we put they put a tax in when Steinbrenner, George Steinbrenner was around. So it seems because the Royals were taking advantage of that. Mm. They were just taking the money and not putting it towards it. So Steinbrenner says, you could penalize me, but they had to spend a certain amount of money. They put the tax in. Right. Why don't we just, you got, you got to figure out a way to keep these teams more competitive. That will bring in rulership. I agree. You got to find a way to not have Tatis be cheating and be your face of the MLB. You got to find a way to market these players. Mm-hmm. Find a way to not black out games. Find a way for, for not these contracts and not these TV deals for not to raise the prices of things. Yeah. You don't need ticket prices to be $100 to watch the Royals game. You don't need $100 to have a beer. Yeah. It shouldn't cost a family of four $400 to go watch a game because they got to pay for parking, they got to pay for this. Figure that out. Figure that out. Mm-hmm. That's where you're going to get your viewership. Not not changing the rules and shortening the game by 20 minutes. Oh, the game's 25 minutes shorter, and it's now $500 for me to go watch the game with a family of four. Yeah, but thank God the game's a little shorter. But yeah, that's going to make me go. Yeah. Sure, there goes my whole paycheck to go watch a game. But I can watch on TV. There's the problems. you got to figure that problem out. You're always going to have people that want to play the game. Oh, yeah. That's never going to be a Look problem. Look at the Dominican Republic. They, most of them kids don't have TVs. Mm-hmm. They don't watch the game. They love the game. People are going to love the game. Yep. you got to figure out a way to market it, though. Changing the, the foundation, shortening the base paths is idiotic. Yeah. It's absolutely idiotic. I do not care. I I will not care if baseball if every single person watches baseball. Every person on the face of the earth watches baseball after these rule changes. You will never convince me that these rules were good. You were never going to convince me that these rules did not change the game and affect the outcome of the game. Make a new game. Make a new sport. This is baseball and this is Rod Manfred ball. <laughs> Go make a new sport. You're changing the foundation of the game. These are the biggest changes we've seen in baseball since probably the 1880s. When you literally had 10 balls and you hit people and no helmets and umpires weren't even allowed. <laughs> yeah. That's, the, that's unbelievable. That's actually unfathomable. Then you have an electronic strike zone. I'm not going to be an umpire if I'm going to have an electronic strike zone. You're going to lose all the umpires. Mm-hmm. These ideas that are coming in are so idiotic. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable to affect the game that much to save 26 minutes on average yep. in a minor league setting, which means in a major league setting, cut that. You're probably going to save 15 minutes, 20 minutes. For which, what? Yeah, for what? Yeah. For what? If I'm Once I get in the park, or once I watch the game, start watching the game, I'm into the game. It's getting me into the game. Right. Why is it $1,000 to go to watch a game? Or why can't I watch my team because it's blacked out? Why do I need Amazon Prime and <laughs> yeah. Apple TV? And then listen to, who, who the hell knows, announcing the damn game. Mm. I don't even know if they ever seen a baseball before. <laughs> trying to tell me, well, this guy knows how to hit. You don't know how to read. And you're trying to tell me how to watch the game. There's your problem. 
We need Apple Plus to watch this game on Friday, but next Friday you need Amazon Prime. But boy, you can't watch it on Yes Channel either because some places don't have Yes Channel in our area because you don't have Comcast or you need Xfinity or you need this one. Mm-hmm. Put the damn game on. Yeah. Put the game on the TV. Then ask it for much. <laughs> ESPN can't figure out who the hell to put on a broadcast. This is a, it's a joke. And that's how you market the game. Figure it out. Don't yeah. change the rules of the game. Yep. I agree. I don't know. I, I just... I, it's like football. Let's just get rid of the field goal altogether. You can't kick a field goal no more. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Make it three tiers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you kick it at the upper point, you yeah. get three points. Middle, Let's you get just two, make you know. it a 15-minute game. <laughs> no field goals or nothing. You just get 15 minutes. There's no stopping. Well, it's the game's just, shorter now, so people should be more intrigued to watch it. Yeah, to spend their... their $500 on a ticket to go watch a shorter game, get less yeah. value out of their well, ticket. Well, let's take ha- let's take the third and fourth quarter out of a basketball game because it's shorter now. Well, people will go watch now, right? Yeah. No! They don't give a shit. Yeah. They don't give a shit. They don't care. And viewership's already been up with baseball. I'm not sure you need to oh, do no, much. Oh, that's, no, that's, that's all fake. They yeah. don't tell, somehow they don't, they don't tell you that. The World Series has been more watched every single year in the last five years. It goes up. Oh, but people aren't watching. People aren't going is the problem. Right. Because you're spending $600 for a ticket and a family of four. It's $400, $500 for a family of four. For a hot dog, a soda, parking, tickets. Yeah, just to feed the family and sit there, you know. For a game. Yeah. It shouldn't be that much money to watch a baseball game. You want to break, you want to, oh, they want to be faster like it was back in 1800s when the game played for an hour. It was free to get in. Make yep. it free to get in. You'll have fans. Yeah, you They'll definitely would. Yeah. Five dollar tickets. Hell, just make beer more affordable. You'd be good to go. You know. Yeah, I, you know that's that's the problems. It's not these, these not these rule changes which I can't stand. Yeah. I can't but, stand. You're never gonna get me because you have rules you don't follow as it is. The balk doesn't get followed. Like, it used to be a catcher's balk too with the intentional walk that doesn't that literally doesn't you know it used to not get followed. Never mm. seen it called. These are. Uh, Follow the rules you have. The coaches are supposed to be in the coach's box, too. Let's follow that rule. Yeah, it's not. Or make the coach's box bigger. Where are these rules? Why don't we follow these rules that we have in the rule book? Where's the strike being added there? Nope. Nope. No big deal. They don't follow that rule. As long as someone can figure out, you know, as long as Joey Gallo can pull the ball and try hitting a home run, even though he's a terrible hitter. <laughs> 191 with the Dodgers since he went over there. Yeah. As much as they want Titania, he's a good hitter. As long as Tatis can t- continue to cheat as a face of the franchise, so-called face of the franchise, and as long as we can't watch a game because it's got to be on Amazon Prime listening to, I don't know, Milton Bradley trying to announce <laughs> in the damn game. Yeah. Sure. That's getting it. Yeah. I um, I agree. And the article did make a point to state that the robo-ums aren't part of this deal and they're not going to negotiate for this year, but... They did make a point to state that that the robo-umps will be uh, coming. It's not a negotiation. It's, hey, idiot, this is coming in next year. Just say you voted on it. Yeah. If you like it or not, it's coming in, so eat shit. Yeah, so uh, expect more changes. This is just the start, I think. And I think you're going to see more down the line. may not be next year, but, um, you know, it certainly could be within the next few. And I guarantee next year. This is just the start. And I guarantee next year. How much times did you hear this year about the viewership? It is up. You said it. It was Mm -hmm. up. How many articles have you seen on it? Oh, I have to find it. It's, it's not I like I guarantee it's... next year it's the first article on every single time you type baseball. It's yeah, the first article. Right. Well, viewership's annually gradually gone up in the last couple of years. Yeah, they'll use so it now. So next year, the stats should continue to grow up, go up. But they'll show, oh, it went up since last year. It's been continuously growing up. 
So if it's continually going up 2% every year, the next year it should have to go up more than 2%. If it went up 3%, then you could say it worked. Right. It's always going to go up 2% as of right now. But you'll see every article about that next year. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you. I can guarantee it. Yeah. I, I don't know. They, uh, they pick and choose what they like, and uh, they'll pick and choose their statistics, of course. As as always, to help their PR uh, look. So I don't know. I don't like the rules either. I think they change the game too much, and I know a lot of people do like them, and I know people like to change the game. I'm not one of those people. You're not one of those people. I don't mind change. I welcome change, but it has to be done right. And this is not doing it right. This is changing the foundation of the game. Yeah. For 26 minutes. Agreed. And the price is going to go up next year for tickets. Yeah, so you're paying more for your ticket and getting less of a product, which to me is is a hard sell on a lot of people that were already maybe teeter-tottering on. Maybe they don't watch too many games. Yeah. Maybe now their team's losing, and now they have to pay more to watch a shorter game, and they go, if, you get I'm Amazon just to Plus or Amazon Prime yeah. to go watch, to go watch the, the Royals play yeah, the Pirates. You have, you have to have an Amazon Prime, Apple TV, ESPN, and your local station, and you might get blacked out. So watch your team maybe win 60 games. Yeah, yeah, right, right. This seems to be the problem. Yeah, because your team's not competitive because they don't have to be. Because they don't want to spend the money. They don't, oh, we don't have money. Yeah. No, sure, your doors are just shutting. <laughs> yeah, the doors are shutting. The franchise is worth a billion dollars, but yeah. the doors are just coming, just, just, just taking it. You got to barricade up the, the yeah. stadium, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, well, well, the, the bank's coming to take the, to take the stadium away. Yeah, now yeah. you're sure you're only worth a billion dollars. Yeah. 30,000 people show up, and 30,000 people show up and spend a dollar on tickets, 30 grand. Mm-hmm. Ten people show ten dollar tickets, thirty grand. That's what three hundred thousand dollars. I mean, we keep going. Yeah, it's a lot of money just for one game. Right. And you know the workers there aren't making much money. Were they making ten dollars an hour? Unfortunately, yeah, they don't get paid much. You know. Yeah, so hundred thousand dollars this this covers the salaries for most of the people. For right. Almost half a year. <laughs> Where's just the money day. going? Yeah. And you're paying the players ten dollars. Oakland's A's salary is like a like a million dollars covers the whole team. Yeah. So where's the money going? It ain't going to that stadium. Not on Oakland. I can tell you that. I can t- I can damn well tell you that. It's the, it's the guy with the money dragging from his pocket that says he's got none. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. That's the that's the fundamental problem. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And that can go to a lot of places. So I think you could just pretty much leave it there. <laughs> yeah, we're but, gonna leave it there, unfortunately. But. Overall thoughts. Um, don't like it, but it's coming. Never gonna like it. You know, so uh, whether you like it or not, it's going to be part of the game next year. So at least if you'd like to read the article, it's on MLB.com. You can read it for yourself, find out more. I'm sure there's other uh, sports writers that have written on it. Ken Rosenthal, uh, Jeff Passan, John Heyman, all those guys I'm sure have written some op-eds or something on it. So there's stuff out there. You can go read for yourself and make your own decision, but I'm not a fan. Nope. So let's move on from there. Let's move on to the wrap-up portion of the news Uh, The number four piece of news, who is doing the best right now? Surprise, surprise, this list doesn't change much. The Dodgers on the best record in the league at 96-43, and which, by the way, they um, the MLB erroneously listed them as clinching the playoffs when they had a scenario where if they lost out and the Padres won out, uh, but then they would be in a two-way, they would be in a three-way tie, but then the Cardinals own the tiebreaker, so they'd be out. But I, I think we can say the Dodgers are in the playoffs. <laughs> up to one one game in the next twenty. Yeah, so I think I think they're in there. But they're ninety six and forty three. Uh, the Mets are the second best in the NL. They're eighty nine and fifty two. Uh, who the Braves? The Braves and them have kind of been going back and forth in that East title, which is going to be fun to watch in the last little bit here. Uh, over in the AL, the Astros on the best record at ninety and fifty, while the Yankees on the second best at eighty five and fifty six. 
The Dodgers still own the best run differential at plus 310, and the Pirates own the worst at minus 214. So those are your those are your teams that haven't changed in the last few weeks. Yeah, not great. Uh, some teams like I hear that have been playing good baseball, the Rays, Blue Jays, White Sox, Mariners, Braves, and Cardinals. Some cold teams. The Twins aren't even 500 anymore. We're from first to not 500 instantly. Yep. Rangers not playing good. The A's, of course. The Marlins not playing good. The Cubs and the Pirates. And if I had to guess on those teams, let's see. A's don't spend money. Marlins don't pay, spend money. Cubs don't spend money. And Pirates don't spend money. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And I think they're all, what, eliminated from the playoff contention, I believe. At least at least the A's and the Pirates, I know, are. Um, I believe the Cubs may be as well. Or at least eliminated, eliminated from the divisional race. I know for a fact they are. So that seems to be the problem, huh? Yeah. All right. So. so and it's September 12th. <laughs> yeah. So, But that's what I got in the hot and cold teams um, you know, on my list here before we get into the players. Yeah. So from there, obviously, let's move on to the hot and cold players. I know that Freddie Freeman was the player of the week. I believe Bo Bichette was the other player of the week. Uh, we talked about last week how he should, really should have been uh, player of the week, Bo Bichette. I don't have him on here, but obviously had an insane week of, in his own right. Um, number one, I do have Freddie Freeman. <laughs> Batted five fifty six over last week with a 1,000 slugging and a 1,609 OPS. Sure. Just kind of doing, I guess, what he does. He's used to it at this point. We're used to seeing it. Uh, number two, Eloy Jimenez. Batted five twenty over last week with a 960 slugging and a 1,479 OPS. Eduardo Escobar has been absolutely red hot. Batted 520 over the last week with a 920 slugging and a 1476 OPS. Number four, Nico Horner. Batted 500 over the last week with a 950 slugging and a 1495 OPS. And number five, Jake McCarthy. Batted 476 over the last week with a 714 slugging and a 1236 OPS. Yeah, I got some of these guys on my list as well. Escobar Freeman. I have uh, Eric Haas. Detroit, you know, the catcher there, playing yep. good there. Uh, Nico Warner, you mentioned Elio Menez. O'Neill Cruz, red hot. The, the ball seat, the home run he hit the other day was about 10 foot high. Oh, went yeah. into the river there. I know. Unbelievable. The power. And he was out in front of that ball and still hit it like 100. Yeah, he's he's something else. He's unbelievable. Some pitchers are doing good. Mitch Keller, pitching good for Pittsburgh. Mm. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, of course, he gets on these hot streaks. Brady Singer for the Royals. Drew Smiley. And Daniel Bard. All of those are guys you don't hear about or think you're going to be on the hot list much. But all of them pitching very, very good over their seven last seven to ten days. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, some, you know, lower uh, you know, lower teams they're on and, and they're figuring it out. So they're they're pitching for something, you know, pitching and hitting for something. Mm-hmm. On the cold list, the five uh, not players I have, number one, Wilmer Flores, just talked about him. Didn't have a great week, but got the extension anyway. Two years extension, baby. <laughs> he batted 083 over the last week with a 208 slugging and a 291 OPS. Yep, give it back. Yeah, right away. Just uh, never mind. Um, number two, Ramon Liriano. Uh, no surprise, not really on the best team or a team that spends any money. <laughs> I don't know. He's probably got to be top, at least top three in, in salary. So at least I would think. Who knows? Uh, he batted 091 over the last week with a 227 slugging and a 394 OPS. Number three, Charlie Blackman. Zero average, zero slugging, 056 OPS, 0 for 17 on the week. It. Not great. Uh, number four, Mitch Haniger batted 059 over the last week with an 059 slugging and a 209 OPS. And finally, number five, Gavin Sheets batted 063 over the last week with an 063 slugging and a 174 OPS. So, all of them not great. Yeah, yeah some guys I got to add to that list: Kyle Garlic, struggling there for Minnesota. Uh, Mr. De- Mr. Day today, Acuna. He's always day to day. Always has a knee injury. Always has something injured. He has been struggling of late yeah. as well. And Matt Olson for the Braves has been cold here for, for a week or two. 
So we'll see what he could do. Um, some pitchers that have been called. Herman Marquez, Pablo Lopez, Dylan Bundy, Coy Kluber got absolutely shelled by the Yankees, and Jose Urquidy for the Astros. I think um, Pablo Lopez has been pretty bad for the second half here, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, he's been cold here of late. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, there's some pitchers I got that have been struggling. You know, the next thing we go into is the injuries. You know, jump right into it. Uh, Lyris Guriel plus in the IL uh, for the Blue Jays. Uh, Brandon McKay, if anyone remembers who Brandon McKay is, it's been quite some time. He is now getting Tommy John. So uh, you will not see him for another year or two. So that's where we're at with that. DJ LeMayu plays on the IL with uh, with his foot toe injury. We don't really know what the injury update with him is. Hopefully he can come back at some point, but it's not looking all that great. Um, Dalton Jeffries for the A's, Tommy John, so he's done. Yanoa for the Braves, Tommy John, so he's done. Eric Lauer plays in the I.L. for the Brewers. Nico Horner, day-to-day, probably going on the I.L. for the Cubs and his season. Blake Trinan, thanks for coming back. Pitched an inning, back on the I.L. with his sh- same shoulder issue. Yep. So, good luck there. Oh, face of the franchise, Tatis, right? Uh, got his uh, shoulder surgery, thank goodness. So yeah. He's ready to go for, what, mid-May next year? <laughs> yeah, right. if that. Maybe he gets on the bike again. <laughs> um, some updates to the guys who have already been hurt. McClanahan throwing and stuff. Hopefully he comes back here for the Rays pretty soon. Glass now in a rehab assignment. Hopefully he'll be back here the next couple of weeks for the Rays. That would be awesome to see. Uh, Anthony Rizzo is doing his baseball activities from his headache. So hopefully he can come back. Zach Britton, rehab assignment. He should be back here pretty soon. Severino, rehab assignment. Should be back pretty soon. Chapman, rehab assignment. Should be back pretty soon. And one more Yankee, Miguel Castro, rehab assignment. Should be back pretty soon. Uh, Zach, please, Zach, punched the ground, if you remember. Broke yes. Broke his finger. Broke his thumb. He's going to see specialists. They don't really know his timetable yet. Tim Anderson going to see a specialist on his hand. Probably not going to see him at this point. Jonathan Scope activated from the IL. Verlander expected to be back at the end of this week to pitch at least, not full starts, but probably 50, 60 pitches at least at the gate here. Yeah, just get him ready for the playoffs. Exactly. You know? uh, Luis Guillermo activated for the Mets. Max Scherzer expected to be back when he's first eligible. Stolen Marte placed on the IL with his finger, and they're saying he should be activated, hopefully close to when he's eligible at the end of this week. Zach Wheeler still progressing. They're not really too much of an update there. Steven Matz on the rehab assignment. Could he come back and help the Cardinals even at the bullpen, as good as they're playing? Uh, David Bednar we haven't seen much of in the last couple months. He's still progressing for his rehab. I'm not sure if he'll pitch again for the Pirates this year. Baron Jury concussion should be activated, hopefully mid this week, Wednesday or Thursday of this week. Mm. Tony Goslin. Should be activated here soon, I would think. Um, if not activated today or tomorrow. Yep. And Chris Bryant, really not much of an update. Wasted season for him. Uh, Unfortunately. Just dealing with a lot of injuries and whatnot. Uh-huh. So that's where we're at on uh, most of the injury front. Yeah, I mean, you know, good and bad. But again, this is the time of year where an IL stint is very scary. And you want to avoid it. You want your guys, they hopefully are coming at the end of their IL stint and they're they're ready to go. Look at the Yankees have about 800 people on a rehab assignment. Oh, I think Their even, double-A team is stacked right now. Yeah, I think there's even more. They had to, they had to bring uh, Britain to triple-A just because they had so many double-A guys. Yeah, right, right. I think, yeah. I don't know if you mentioned Bader, but Harrison Bader. Harrison Bader. On another, another, another I, I didn't even have him on there. I had so many yeah. Yankees, I couldn't, you know, I didn't want to keep going. I thought it was a Yankee show at this point. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, yeah. But, um, yeah, well, there's other guys, obviously, on the on the verge or coming back, too, as well. But um, that's the, a lot of the names I had here, so... Other than that, the last thing I got is the trivia question. I know we're coming down to the end of the year, so we're coming down to batting titles, triple crowns we talked about, home runs, RBIs, strikeouts, ERA, Cy Youngs, who wins all this stuff. 
Um, so I went with a, kind of a, a weird one I thought was surprising, though. But what is the lowest batting average to win the batting title in either league? You can name the player if you want. You can name the year if you want. really want to. But I'm looking for the number, if you know the number, of the lowest batting title winner, average-wise. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was very, very surprising. And the answer to that is 1968, Carl Jastrzemski for the Boston Red Sox won the batting title for the American League with a 301 average. So 301 is the answer. That's the lowest average to win a batting title. Carl Jastrzemski, 1968. It's crazy. The even crazier thing about that is second place that year for the AL. Gets second in the batting title. He batted 290, Danny Cater for the Oakland A's. 290, you got second place in the batting title. Didn't even bat 300. And, and it wasn't like this was like a span of years where all of a sudden you've seen a dip. The year before, I'm pretty sure Yashemsky won with like a 328 average. Yeah. And then the year after, I think somebody won with like a 330 average. Yeah, it's the 60s. I mean, they were still, guys were still hitting th- over 300. They were still yeah. guys pushing 400. Yeah, you nationally, know? guys were batting 320, 330, winning bad You won 301, and you played at Boston. Yeah. It was 280 hitter if you didn't play Fenway half his games at that point that <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, really. Right? But 301. So the one is the lowest batting average number. It's that won the batting title is a 301 average. It's pretty incredible. That is pretty incredible, especially yeah. again with the name of Jaworski. And second place being 290, that's absolutely incredible. Yeah, it wasn't like it was 301 and 300.9. You know, no, 290, you're, you're 20th. Yeah. Well, maybe not anymore, but 15th mm-hmm. or so, 12th. 290 is a good year. I'm not discrediting it, but yeah, but to be you second, I almost won the batting title. Yes. And the first place guy, oh, he won by 11 points. You're like, yeah, that's how batting titles go. You bat 301, you win <laughs> by 11 points. That's incredible. Yeah. It's a hell of a year. That's like leading the home runs. He had 12. He led the lead home runs. Yeah, the next closest guy had eight. Oh, what oh, happened? Boy, yeah, yeah. Blew that one out of the water. Yeah, I, I guess the pitching was good that year. I, oh, well, I, I mean. could tell you. Yeah, because what was the 69, but Gibson broke the record, right? Yeah, and I think uh, 68 or right around there was the last year for the 30-win year. Winner, 30 win, uh, year. Yeah. I think and Danny McLean like or whatever. 69, the year right with Bob Gibson and Louis Tiant. Or, um, was it Louis Tiant? Yeah. Or was it... Uh, Vita Blue. One of them had that lowest in the AL. It was Tion. It yeah, was, that's yeah. the record. The same year. Maybe it was Vita Blue. No, I think it was Tion. I think it was Tion and, uh, and and Gibson. So, yeah, the pitching was good. You know, the mound was a little higher, but still 301, 320, 330, 340. The years were all around it. Yeah. And we haven't even been close. We're not even close now. Mm-hmm. Our leader's, what, 319, and then Goldsmith, like 330? Yeah. So, it's 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 crazy. But that I thought that was just incredible. It's surprising. So, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, you would have think it would maybe a newer year, maybe like a 2000, 2013 year. Someone won it with a 305 average, or the, you know what I mean? But yeah. to find it in the 60s and close to the 70s and kind of in that area where, where it was more emphasized to hit as a balanced hitter, I don't know, a bit strange. And Yastrzemski, no, nonetheless, who's a Hall of Fame, I mean, all-time great. Yeah. Um, And played at a, you know, played at Fenway. So, you know, you figure inflated sure, stats. but sure, exactly. Um, but yeah, surprising. So that's a good one. Yep. But yeah, you know, uh, with that, you know, I, I don't really have much else to go over. We'll see the rule changes next year. No robo wumps yet. I'm sure that's going to come. Um, robo players, robo pitchers, sure, everything's coming. Yeah, first week of football down, you know. Well, a little bit of money. Yeah, so there's a little bit going on there. Um, as we talked about previously, other sports, hockey and basketball getting going in the in the coming months and weeks. But other than that, you know, we're still looking, staring down the barrel of pennant races and divisional races and wild card races. So, um, not much update there. The NL East is going to be a dogfight. Two really good teams, and you know, uh, the, 
The Wests are gone. <laughs> the Centrals, maybe the AL Central could get a little scuffly. But that's pretty much it, you know. Maybe the AL East, if all of a sudden the Yankees kind of play how they did in August, all of a sudden that could be a problem. But uh, other than that, you know, watch the wild cards. AL wild cards going to be a, a mess. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah, that's all I got this week. So I don't know unless you got anything else, any final notes of football or anything like that. No, and, no, football was a good first week. Fantasy team already lost like six guys on injury <laughs> week one. Fantasy baseball, I faced Mike in the semifinals, so hopefully I could be him. Yep. So I listen to his My mouth pitcher's already getting shelled, so. Good, that's a good start. Um, Raiders did lose game one. They played well, though. The Giants somehow won. So they're 1-0 for the first time since 2015, I believe. Since the boat incident. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably lose the next six straight because it's the Giants. Listen. But, uh, hey, up on a high note, right? We'll take it. So, uh, but football's off to a great start here, and baseball's coming down to the nitty-gritty here. So, excited. And uh, we'll see what happens, and we'll be talking next week with probably more Pujols news and more pennant race news. Yeah, absolutely. So so with that, let's wrap this one up. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLaPree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLaPree. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at fdubs 10 you can follow our official Screwball Twitter at Screwball Pod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at Screwball Pod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.